This program is supported by Amgen. Amgen strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies for patients with serious illnesses. Learn more at Amgen.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. When something feels off, it's important to pay attention to it. Sometimes that might mean having to stand up to your healthcare team when your needs are not being met, which is not always easy. Asking questions or pushing can be difficult when you're feeling overwhelmed, scared, or want to be seen as a good patient. However, you know your body best, and self-advocating really boils down to listening to your body and speaking up for it. Today's guest was having warning signs that something was wrong, but dismissed them at first because she could not feel a lump. She knew her body, and despite doctors telling her that it was no big deal, she pushed for further testing, which ultimately led to her diagnosis. Here today to tell her story and why it is so important to advocate for yourself until you get the answers you need is Lori Potts. Lori, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here today. Well, uh, I understand your your breast cancer story actually started well before you were diagnosed. And I think it's really important that we talk about that. So can you tell us about when you started noticing something was wrong and when, and then walk us through what led to your diagnosis from that point forward? Absolutely. Absolutely. Happy to. Um, I started having symptoms in the summer of 2017. Uh, I was experiencing uh, some bloody discharge from my left breast. And when I first noticed it, I didn't realize it was coming from me. I wear a lot of deep V t-shirts and um, I drink Diet Coke like a mad woman. I have a little addiction. And um, I thought I was spilling Diet Coke. I thought that's what it was because it was kind of a brown stain and it wasn't there all the time. And I started noticing a pattern that I was seeing it on my light colored bras. So I went to my OBGYN to have an exam and have her take a look. And at that point, um, she took a sample of the discharge that was coming out of my breast. And then she referred me to a breast surgeon. And um, the breast surgeon did an exam, ordered a mammogram and an ultrasound. And at that point, I was diagnosed with an introductal papilloma which are like little cysts that develop within the, within the ducts of the breast. Hmm. So at that point, they recommended surgery. So I had that removed only to have the discharge return. So I kept seeing my breast surgeon every six months. And every six months, I was getting another um, mammogram and ultrasound, along with an MRI thrown in here or there, whenever. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what the timing was on that, but we had the MRIs too. Um, so that went on from... 2017 until 2019. Uh, in 2019, in January, I went in for my mammogram and ultrasound. And at that point, the mammogram came back uh, BIRADS 3 or abnormal. And my breast surgeon reviewed the results, said it's not nothing to worry about. We'll just reassess you in six months. And let me tell you, <clears throat> knowing something was there and not knowing what it was, that was the longest six months of my life. It it was hard not knowing what was going on there. So July came around again, and again, another mammogram and another uh, ultrasound. And again, the mammogram came back, BIRADS3, something's abnormal. Um, 
Again, my breast surgeon said, not to worry about it. We'll just reassess you in six months. And at that point, I was thinking, I can't do this another six months. I can't. I'm like, I need to have it biopsied. And I spoke with my friend who is now a two-time breast cancer survivor, told her what was going on. She's been in the loop the entire time, but told her what was going on. And she's like, "Uh uh-uh. She's like, you need a biopsy. So I reached out to my breast surgeon, said, I want it biopsied. And she just blew it off. It was totally off the cuff. She's like, you don't need a biopsy. She's like, there's nothing there. And I was like, no, I want the biopsy. She's like, fine, we'll do the biopsy. But I'm telling you, it's nothing. You'll be fine. So I had the biopsy done on a Tuesday. And then Thursday afternoon, she was calling me on the phone saying, "Uh, yeah, you've got breast cancer and I need to see you immediately the next morning. Wow. So, I mean... How, like walk me through that. Like, how did that mm-hmm. feel? I mean, you get the diagnosis. This is the diagnosis that you kind of, I think, probably had a hunch you were going to mm-hmm. get. But it's, but it's also just terrifying. So, like, how did how did that feel for you? At first, all the flooded emotions just came through. You know, there was a lot of tears. There was like, oh my god, I can't believe this is actually happening to me. But then, once I met with the surgeon the following day, my husband went with me. I. And we kind of went over the treatment plan. At that point, I kind of had some comfort with it because, okay, now we know what we're dealing with. It's no longer that scary monster in the closet. It's like, it's got a face, it's cancer. Let's deal with it and move on. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I can imagine that that would be your case, I mean, would be your, your attitude. So then, so mm-hmm. what did treatment look like? What was next? Uh, next was, uh, well, I, I chose to have a double mastectomy because um, the discharge continued and it actually started on the right side too. So I decided to have a double mastectomy. I wasn't gonna mess around with this. Um, So I did, the surgeon though did wanna wait on the double mastectomy because the cancer was very aggressive and growing very quickly. So they decided we were gonna just do one mastectomy, get started on chemo, get started on my immunotherapy treatments. And then once I was done with the chemotherapy, we would go back and do the right side. And that's what we did. Mm. Um, Treatment was difficult. Um, Right before my mastectomy, they wanted to do the mastectomy in uh, September of 2019. Mm -hmm. And I actually came down with a a case of shingles. And we had to postpone my surgery (laughs) into October. I think it was just the stress of everything. My body just was like, whoa. There's too much going on here. Right. Um, so I had the mastectomy in October and started uh, my chemotherapy. I had to wait for that to heal and then started chemotherapy in December mm. of 2019. And I had a chemo port placed. Uh, my body did not appreciate the chemo port and rejected the chemo port. So I had to have that removed. Mm. So then I ended up having to have an IV placed every week when I went in for my chemotherapy. Oh, and of man. course, this is all happening as the world is shutting down with COVID. Mm, wow, that's such a difficult journey. So, so then I'm I'm curious. I mean, you went through this whole thing. You had this hunch. You got the mm-hmm. diagnosis. You went through the treatment. Uh, was there anything sort of unexpected or surprising that that sort of came out of this whole thing for you? Not that I can really think of off the top of my head. Um, it was difficult going through chemo and going through these treatments and surgeries, um, during COVID, a lot of my treatment got postponed. A lot of my surgeries were postponed Mm -hmm. 
because I couldn't get into the hospitals because of everything going on with COVID. And then when I did get in the hospital for my uh, reconstruction surgery, I was in the ICU for a week and my husband couldn't come see me. Wow. So I was, I was there by myself mm-hmm. and I, with COVID, I couldn't have any visitors. So that was really difficult. Yeah. 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 I, can, I can only imagine how difficult that must have been. Mm-hmm. So, so I love that a huge part of your story is, is speaking up and advocating for yourself when you know something is wrong, yes. uh, specifically related even to, to when you've been dismissed. And so I'm just mm-hmm. curious from your perspective, like what are some tangible ways that women can advocate for themselves when they aren't getting the answers that they need? Right. Well, and they need to be paying attention to their own bodies and know their own bodies because you know when something's wrong. And if the doctor isn't listening to you, sometimes you need to find another doctor and tell your story again. And sometimes you need to do that again. Find another doctor. You know, keep looking until you find somebody who will listen and work with you and do the, exam, do the exams and do the tests until you get the answers you need. One part of your story that struck me was that you, you knew you needed a biopsy. You know, you could just, you know, however you want to describe, you could feel that you needed a biopsy. And you ask your doctor for a biopsy and your doctor was like, oh, you don't need a biopsy. And I think that's the, that's the hurdle that I think is so hard for people to overcome is being able to take the initiative in that moment to push back and say, no, no, I do need this biopsy and we're going right. to do this biopsy now. Like, I mean, any, any advice on that? Like, how do you get that strength to give that extra push? Right, right. I just kind of listened to that inner voice inside me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I'm not taking no for an answer on this one. Just because between January and July, were so stressful because it's like, I knew something was wrong. I knew we were close to figuring it out. And I wasn't going through another six months waiting and wondering what that monster was in the closet. It's like, no, we need to get in there. We need to figure it out. And once we figure it out, then we can move on. Yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, you just got to know, like it, it, it right. is, it's your right. It's your responsibility to yourself to push, <laughs> even if it doesn't feel comfortable. So, exactly. uh, so, so talk to us a little bit about being an ambassador for Komen. I understand that you have that role. What is that role and why are you so passionate about it? Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I've been doing it since January and it's just amazing. Um, I'm sure my representatives and my senators are getting sick of me because I am emailing them almost every single day. <laughs> I love every it. Day trying to get the laws changed. Anytime Komen sends me something, it's like I'm emailing them and letting them know. Uh, we had meetings set up, the Capitol Hill meetings this year, and I got to tell my story over and over and over that day, just kind of letting them know the importance and the things that need to be changed with the laws and the insurance coverage and patient rights. And it's a very empowerful feeling. It makes you feel empowered by being able to share your story and say, we need to change this. This isn't the way it should be. I love that. And I love that you're that you're so excited about. It. I mean, so not only do you advocate for yourself, but you uh, you advocate for others as a yes. ambassador. That's fantastic. So I'm curious then, um, how has the breast cancer experience, how has your breast cancer experience changed your outlook on life? What are some ways that things have changed for you and your perspective of change? Oh, I've had a lot of change. 
Um, I had my last surgery in July of last year. So it's been just a year now since I've been completed, fully completed with my treatment. And I went back to school in November and I am now a certified professional life coach. And my passion is working with others affected by breast cancer. I love that. Thank you. That's so great. Oh my God. Tell me more. Talk more about that. Yeah. 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 So my, um, my company is Breathe Life Coaching. I didn't mention this earlier. I have breathed tattooed on my right wrist. Um, it was a word that I told myself when I was in the MRI machines. When you're in an MRI for breast MRI, they lay you down like Superman. So I was constantly staring at that wrist going, breathe, breathe, breathe. You can do it. So I had that tattooed on my wrist. And then once I was diagnosed, I got the pink ribbon added to that arm quick before they told me I couldn't <laughs> do anything with that arm. Um, so that's where breathe comes from. And breast cancer patients, at least I felt this way, feel they get lost in the diagnosis. Everybody's talking about the disease. Everybody's talking about the treatment. And I'm over here raising my hand going, um, hello, I'm still here. It, a lot of times it feels like they're talking about you, like you're not in the room when you're mm. sitting right there. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So I want to help others kind of express those emotions, get those emotions out. I want to hear those stories and help empower people going through breast cancer and let them know that you will get through it. There is light on the other side and you can do it. That's fantastic. That's so good. That's so good. Uh, well, Lori, last question for you. Do you have any final advice that you'd like to give our listeners today? Yes. Uh, my advice goes back again to know your own body. You need to do your breast exams. If something doesn't seem right, doesn't look right, you need to get that checked out. Uh, breast cancer is not always a lump. Even once I knew there was something there and my doctor showed me where it was, I couldn't feel it. Mm. I knew yeah. there was a tumor there, but I couldn't feel it. So the discharge was the only thing that kind of got me going on this whole journey. Um, but it's not only lumps, you know, there's discharge, there can be changes to the color of skin, there can be dimpling, there's so many other symptoms. And if something doesn't look right, if something doesn't feel right, please get that checked out. That's right. That's fantastic advice. Uh, Lori, you know, thank you for just sharing your story with us. Uh, thank you for just being vulnerable and real. And, and thank you for advocating for yourself and advocating for others. Uh, we really appreciate the impact that you're making in this community. And thanks for joining us on the show today. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure to be here, Adam. Thank you. This program is supported by Amgen. Amgen strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies for patients with serious illnesses. Learn more at Amgen.com. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.